Welcome to the teaching ministry of Faith Bible Church. We pray as you listen to the following message, you will be encouraged and equipped to passionately pursue Christ. For more information, please visit our website at fbcevansville.com. So last last week when we were talking about the... Um, making of a, what makes a healthy church. We were discussing the biblical understanding of church membership. And as I was teaching that, well, even before that, as I was preparing this, I was thinking there's just so much here um, to try and get our mind around, wrap around our understanding of um, church membership that I, I just couldn't get it all in one lesson. So today's part two of that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. <coughs> Excuse me. We have gone over the definition of a church in a couple of lessons, and I'm not going to rehash that here, but I do want to hear from you on this. So this church, Faith Bible Church, being a gathering of believers with a common goal and purpose is full of members, members of this church. Um, these are men and women who have joined together to be members of this local church, members, right? So help me understand what is different about being a member of this church that's different than being a member of, say, the Rotary Club or an athletic club or the PTO or a... Uh, you know, uh, anything, the, that type of, what is, what is different about being a member of a church versus any other organization? How are they different? Are they different? Well, we started off with giving God the praise and glory that he Okay, we start out by giving God the glory that he uh, deserves, yep. Yes. We worship together. Okay, so we worship together, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Not a gotcha here, but I can go to Together for the Gospel, Gospel Coalition, or something like that, and I worship with other believers. So why is, how is that different? Because I, I agree with you. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. I, I was just answering the question about how it differs from secular organizations. Okay, so, all right, so that's good. That's how it's different than secular organizations. Yeah. But how is it just different from any organization? Because you could be a member of um, a, a religious organization of some type, and I'm just drawing a blank right now. What I, I can't even think of something. Um, well, uh, like, well, like Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Okay, so I can be a member of that, right? So they have a, a goal of... Um, evangelizing, ministering to, to the athletes and, and uh, sharing the gospel there. Um, we have a desire to share the gospel with those uh, in the wall, these walls and outside those walls. So how does it be, we can be a member here, we can be a member of that, and I, I would think that there's a lot of members here at Faith Bible Church who are members of other organizations as well. But there's a big difference, or there is a difference, maybe big is not the right word, but there's a difference between those two memberships. Okay. Yeah. 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 You just read my notes. I'm just telling you. That was. <laughs> that's it. Like it's. It's like a family. 
It's accountability. Um, it is that we are engaged with one another in a different way than we are with other things. Now, the, the problem that, that, gets it, that can make it confusing, especially in the Western world, is because there is a church on every corner, pretty much, right? So it is not uncommon for us to be a member of this church and life changes in some way, and so we are no longer a member here. We go become a member of this church, and not because of sin or any kind of issues. It's just life changes, right? We move across the country to a different state. We got to join a different church, and so that can. It's the same way with I can I can be a member of the Rotary Club here, and I move over there, and I join that Rotary Club because I want to be involved in the community there. I want to I want to be a help there. Um, I can be a part of the PTO in this, my kid's school here. I, get, I move there, become a member of that there. So you just kind of move our memberships this way or that way. And so it can be confusing, like, well, what is exactly different uh, of that? Well, one of those things is that when we look in the New Testament, um, the, when we see the, the beginning of the church age, church starts, God, God, uh, Christ creates the church, um, it was just expected. It's just like, that's what happens. You become a believer, you, you're a member of a church. It just happens. So, and we've talked about the differences between the big C church. When you're a believer, you are automatically involved in that whole, the universal church, and that's true. Um, but when we read in Acts, um, they, not only were they part of that church, but then they were part of a local church. They were added to their number that day. They were meeting together. We, we see them talking about meeting in homes, breaking bread together. Um, we have, this, we have this calling as members of a body of believers to care for each other. And, and really, it's more than just caring for each other food or mowing lawns and things like that. Those are very big helps, and I'm not minimizing those. But we really should be caring for each other's souls. We are thinking differently about other people um, than we do in these secular types of organizations. Ed Welch says it very well. He says that we should want to bring our struggles to the Lord and to each other so that the church can be strengthened and the world can witness wisdom and love. But since we have a long list of our own problems, we could easily think that care for others is best left to those who are more qualified. But the kingdom of God operates in ways we might not expect. Here the humble and the weak are the ones who do the heavy lifting of pastoral care, which is interesting to say it that way. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. What did he give them to do? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. He gave them to equip the saints for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, shepherds and teachers, they do the work in the ministry, but they also train us to do the work of the ministry. We should be doing the work of the ministry. We, as in all of us, we do it. Apparently, the Lord is pleased to use ordinary people through seemingly ordinary acts of love to be the prime contributors to the maturing of his people. If you've trusted in Jesus, 
rather than yourself, and you feel weak and unqualified, then you're qualified. You're called. We're called to do that. As members of this church, I have a desire that God's word further shape the culture of Faith Bible Church so that counseling one another, teaching, encouraging, this mutual care of souls becomes the natural features of Faith Bible Church's everyday life. Ephesians 4 goes on and says, so that we may no longer be children. So he's, he's saying that we have all of these roles that are equipping people so that they can do the work of the ministry, which is us, so that we who are doing the work of the ministry no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Our job as members of this church is to help the whole body grow so that it is building itself up in love. And we don't do this alone. We don't do it by ourselves. We don't work independently, or we shouldn't be working independently from the rest of the body. We are to do it together. We are a people created by God in the image of God and made for relationships. We are designed for relationships. We are to be in relationships. When you're not in a relationship, whatever that may be, it, it seems odd. Right? We talk about, you'll see in the news, somebody that does something awful and it's like, come to find out they've lived in the woods for years alone. You think like, that's odd that they did that. That's not normal. That's not what people do or they shouldn't do that. You know, you may have heard us talk about the one another's. Uh, This is the term we use to describe the passages in the New Testament that demonstrate how one believer is to relate or to be in certain relationship to another believer. We even use that as a verb, like I'm one anothering. You know, I want another them. Um, and we know that since sin entered the world, the way we interact or relate to one another is, is often thrown into confusion or disarray. And we can see this in the breakdown in, in relationships in the home, in society, in, even in the church, this, this breakdown in relationships. And Many people will go to pastors or elders or leaders for help on how to deal with some of these problems that they're having in their relationships. And that's good, they should. Uh, But one of the great things about being a member of a church is that you have other members to help you and for you to help as well. The one another passages in Scripture give very clear guidance on how to develop and maintain good relationships. So I'm going to try something today. I'm going to, we want to, I've, I've passed out some uh, slips here. And actually, if you didn't get a slip, raise your hand real quick. Because I saw a few people walk back in. I'm going to help you out here. We're going to work through these together. 
here we go. Look at this. Now it's all working out. It's, all, it's a plan coming to fruition. This is perfect. Oh, we actually have too many people. There you go. Here we go. Oh, sorry. You guys can share. <laughs> so here's what I want to do. I want to work through. There are probably a, a little over 30. I've got 31 today. There's probably about 36 or so one another's in Scripture. Now, there are verses, there are a couple of verses uh, or a couple of these ideas that are duplicated. So if you look and say, well, how many one another verses are there? There's, I think there's like 58 or something like that. But some of those are uh, repeated um, in encouragements to, to one another. So uh, if we kind of distill it down, it's about 36, 35, something like that. I've got 31 of those here. So here's what I want to do. I've given each of you a verse. I want you to read that out loud when I, when I call on you. Read that out loud. And then what we'll do is I want us to kind of have some give and take here on what does that look like in the church? Okay, so the one another's are how believers interact with other believers. So these are not specific verses on how you interact with another member of the church, right? This can be anybody. Um, and a number of these things can actually be how we should treat member, uh, members, believers, unbelievers, how we should just treat people in general, all right? Um, but what I want us to look at is there are expectations for how we should live as members of Faith Bible Church. So, how do we live out those expectations looking through these one another verses? What would this look like if it plays out? Okay, so the first one here is Romans 12, 10a. Love one another with brotherly affection. Love one another with brotherly affection. Now, what would that look like? How does... What is brotherly affection? And how do you love someone with that? Right? It's, it's Philadelphia. Right? That's the, the, uh, city. The, the city of brotherly love, right? And Philadelphia is the, what is the Greek word for that? Right? What does that look like? What's that? You hit each other? Yeah. yeah. That's what was happening in my car this morning too. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> well... So, the word brother. This is family, okay? So, just like um, we, had, we were talking about treating each other like family, what does it look like when we have conversation with our family? If it's operating the right way. So, yeah, of course, there's, the, there's my kids, there's put-downs and all kinds of things, right? And there's things that don't work right. But, it, but if we are... If we're thinking about the feelings that are associated with family, what does that look like in, in a church on a Sunday morning? How would that look different than just a... How does it look different than it does anywhere else? Yeah? We're, we're excited to see each other and there's warmth. Probably lots of hugs and things like that. Yeah, it's... It's uh, that, those things, it's an a genuine interest in their lives beyond sports and that sort of thing, right? Now, that's, 
I don't, I, I'll say those things because that, that's easy to have the conversation about the weather and, and sports and things like that. And I'm, I'm not anti those things. If you want to talk about the Chiefs, we can talk about the Chiefs. But I, uh, it needs to be, <laughs> I see some, that's fine. But, um, but it needs to go deeper than that. It needs to be more than that. I need, we need to have an understanding and an, and an involvement in people's lives that's more than just surface level things. Were you going to say something? That's right. That's a good one. Household of God, the family of God. You know, this is eternal. So the relationships we have and the way we treat each other have eternal repercussions. Yep. So with that in mind, you know that affects how how we treat one another. That's that's exactly right. That's why I had mentioned at the beginning that we think about each other as caring for each other's souls. Because a soul is eternal, right? There, there is eternal ramifications, like you were saying, or, or expectations on how we interact with one another. That's good. Romans 12.10b, I think you, I gave that one to you. Outdo one another in showing honor. Yeah. Outdo one another in showing honor. So if you're competitive, here you go. This is the verse for you. If you want to compete against somebody, I'm going to... Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone ever watched The Office, but there's this one episode where the guy opens the door for one guy, and he's like, oh, I will never be outdone. So he goes to the next door and opens it for him. And so then the, the guy says, oh, no, I will do this. And so they, the, it becomes this competition of who can do the nice thing, and it, it blows up in a very funny way, you know, that. But um, how do we outdo one another, besides being silly like that, but uh, in showing honor? What, is it, what are ways that we can do that? What does honor mean? Maybe we should go there. What does it even mean to honor somebody? Put it above yourself. That's a good one. Yeah. What else? Yeah, respect. You're giving some kind of a special value or a, uh, a, it's, a it's a heightened view um, Maybe heightened view isn't the right way. Maybe think of it like um, a greater weight to somebody in that. Like we're on, we, we honor them in that way. So um, it is, it's a outdoing, giving serious consideration to, the, to other people, right? We want to be doing that. So um, what is Romans 12, 16? Yeah. Never be wise in your own sight. Don't be haughty. Live in harmony with one another. How do we live in harmony with other people? How do we do this? Oh, come on. Get along. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Yeah. Forgiving, yep. It's, it's that having the same mind as other people. You know, we're in one mind. We're thinking along the same way uh, or trying to do that. That's what that's, we live in harmony. It's dying to ourself, right? We want something. Somebody else wants something else. Um, sometimes it's, well, I'm, is it that important? No, most of the time not. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, that is, that's question three, I think, um, on that. We, we talked about those last week, living in harmony with, with that. Um, we usually, um, when I do a new member interview, if I'm interviewing somebody to become a new member, um, that is one of the things I'll talk about because we've, we've discussed here in this class that to be a member here, you have to, you have to agree with the core things that we believe about, how, what does salvation come from, who is God, Bible, those, the core things, what are, do we agree on those? And then there are things outside of that, it's kind of secondary or tertiary issues that we don't have to agree on. So, even though we don't agree on those, there have been lots of church splits Lots of broken relationships over secondary and tertiary issues that somebody is unwilling to bend on those things, um, and they 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 break relationships um, because of those things. So when I have this interview, I make clear you don't have to agree with us on these things. But if you don't agree, if you have a different view on these things, Living in harmony means that you don't try and get a group of people to agree with you to overthrow what we're saying or to, to, to get us to change things, like having a, a coup of, of, of some type. That's not living in harmony. Um, so that's good. Romans 14, 13 and 14, 19. Whoever has that one's got double. I don't remember Yeah, so, whoops, I went one too many. Don't judge, but build one another up, right? Is that the, what's the idea with this? You know, we, um, if you ever, well, I see this in the church too, I was going to say outside the church, but I see this too, you, you tell somebody that they're doing something wrong, what verse will they go to if they don't want to change? What's the thing that they'll quote right back to you? Yeah, don't judge unless you be judged, right? Right. But then it also, we are to judge ourselves. We also are to, to correct where there's correction. How, how do you correct someone if you, without passing judgment? Right? We have to have an understanding of what that is, what's right and what's wrong. So how do we, what does it mean to not judge, build one another up? We're going to talk about this here in a little bit about correcting one another and admonishing one another. How do you admonish without judging? What's this mean? What are they talking about here? Or what's he talking about here? Humility. Humility. Yeah. Right. We're, we're remind, remembering that by the grace of God, we could be doing the same thing. We could be in the same place, right? Um, we are called to love and care for one another. And uh, we're going to talk about this at being at peace with one another. How can you do this while also being at peace? But to build one another up, right? So we're encouraging others. We're helping them. All right, next one. What is that? 15, Romans fifteen seven. Yeah. So interestingly, this is written in the context of judging others. 
It's in that same, if we looked in this whole passage of Romans uh, 15 right there, um, Romans 14 and Romans 15, we see this, there's the, there's the judging and the, there. Um, so there is the, this view of um, uh, being in humility judging. There can be an unjustifiable judging, right? There's a way that we can judge somebody where it's a put down and it is a, an embarrassment. Uh, but this is welcoming one another. How do, we, how do we be welcoming? How do we, you know, one of the things years ago I remember, um, people would visit our church, some people would leave, and we would hear through the grapevine, or maybe they knew somebody, and they said, this church wasn't very welcoming. So we would talk about that as leaders what is it that we're doing? You know, the, it was hard to, what, it, what, what makes us welcoming versus unwelcoming? Um, and then you have some, somebody do the same thing, come and they're like, why'd you stay? Oh, we stayed because you're such a welcoming church. Like on the same Sunday, you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> so how do we become, a, how do we be, not become, how do we be a welcoming church? How do you welcome one another? Okay. Okay. Yes, a greeting is very good, yep. What else? I missed that. Be with somebody, uh, be someone that they can sit with, right? So it's, it goes beyond a little bit more than just the welcoming and saying, hi, wait, we definitely got to do that. If you're not doing that, then it's not welcoming at all. But then also it can, if that's all that happens is just the hi and welcome and then, then you know, then you're by yourself it kind of se- almost can seem fake, right? That you didn't really mean that you're welcome here if, if you don't really feel welcome. And I'm not talking about feelings here because some people can have hurt feelings and like legitimately on that same Sunday, someone says it was unwelcoming and others say it was really welcoming and that could be all kinds of reasons. So we, we need to be willing to welcome someone. And just like we would welcome someone in our home. If you welcome someone in your home, it goes beyond the, hey, you know, opening the door and saying, hey, glad you're here. And then they sit on the couch by themselves for the next hour and <laughs> never talk to you, right? There is an involvement uh, that we need to be there, uh, that we need to have there. Romans fifteen fourteen. Tell people what to do. Is that what that means? No, I hope not. I hope that's not what that means. You know, this again is in that context of how we interact with one another while the judging and a right, right judging versus a wrong judging. Um, Paul is, is teaching this here. How do we instruct one another? Not standing up here and teaching, right? That's instruction. But this is telling all of us to instruct one another. How do you... How do you do that? What's that? In love, In love yeah. <laughs> it needs to be a, a healthy dose of love for sure, right? But how else? What, it, what does that look like in the daily life of church? So we get, that's exactly, we've got to know the scriptures, number one. So we've got to be very careful that we're not taking scripture out of context, 
it's really easy to take a proof text and use it and say that's what that means. And um, so we've got to be careful. Like the Bereans, also in Acts, where they talked about um, that they would go back to the scriptures to hear what, you know, what, what was being taught. Is that really what God's word says? We need to be like Bereans, studying God's word. But then caring and being involved in each other's lives, right? It's, it's always um, hard Maybe I'm the only one here. It's hard for me to take correction or instruction from somebody um, when there's not any interaction before that. They just want to talk to me about something. Like, but do you know why I did what I did? Is there, you know, is there something, why are you seeing something like that? I, it, you know, I've got to die to myself, so I, I get that could be a personal thing. But um, the... We want to be involved in each other's lives on a way that's, more, uh, that's deeper so that we can do that and it can be received well. And we also have to be willing to receive instruction when it isn't delivered at the best way as well. Like we can't, can't say, oh, you didn't deliver that very well, so I, can't, I don't have to take that instruction. I want us to be um, thinking about these one another's not only as in these are instructions for you to help one another, but also how you can receive it from somebody else. How do you receive help, love, care, all of those things? So not only giving it and the requirement that we should be doing that, but also receiving it as well. 1 Corinthians Corinthians 6, 7. Hmm. So beyond the don't sue one another, like just don't do it. Why? Why is this even in the Bible to tell us not to sue one another. Well, in context about the, uh, the witness um, that the church has to be watching all this stuff, right? So like if we're bringing our problems to the world to judge them, then what does that say about uh, what we say we've been saved to do if we need to be called right? It's kind of contradicting Right, exactly. It's, it is... Going to an authority other than God to resolve conflict, right? And now listen, we, w- without getting into a, a, a big discussion about the differences between church and state and that relationship there, God has given us government and uh, judges and those types of things to, uh, to operate, and, and that's, it's right and it's good for us to have that. But when we are taking another Christian believer, somebody, member, to court to resolve that and not resolving it among ourselves. It's a poor witness um, to what God has um, worked and changed in us to live with one another. 1 Corinthians 12.25 no Okay. What does caring for one another show? Besides, oh, we care for one another. What else is that showing to the outside world? Love. Yeah, genuine. So with love, it's genuine affection. It's not fake. There's a unity. I mean, there are a number of people that I really... 
uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but there are people that I am uh, connected with from this church and, and other believers that I would not be connected with if it wasn't for the common bond of Christ. If we weren't both believers, there just wouldn't be a, a, anything that would really connect us necessarily um, to that. And I'm so thankful for that, that, I, that we have that unity and, and that we can care for one another. Oh, um, that's, that's a great opportunity to show others there. All right, Galatians 5.26. This could really be two one another passages there, but um, it also can be connected. Um, one, because they're, they're together. But uh, number two, um, if I provoke somebody, it can cause envy. Uh, or I can envy can provoke someone. These can kind of have these time, same kind of things here. So if I am uh, not thinking about that other person is more important than myself. I start wanting what they have. I want, to, I want that. I, I'm envying it and I'm, I'm provoking it. It's, it's what, um, it's like borrowing trouble. Um, and we shouldn't be borrowing trouble uh, there. Uh, that should be something that we uh, should be trying not to, like my, the example of my boys and like, hey, I can't sit up front you know, I want to sit up front. And then the comments back and forth, they're like, well, that's provoking. You know, did that really help resolve the issue? So um, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be looking to resolve to, to show that we can solve problems uh, biblically. Galatians 6 2. Okay, so how do we do that? That one right there. How do we bear one another's burdens? We all have burdens. How do we do that? Okay. What are, what other ways? We got to find out what their burdens are, serve them, pray for them. You know, it's this idea that um, it doesn't say remove their burdens. Sometimes we think we want to bear someone's burdens. We want to just take it away. We want to help do that. Like, it's really. God takes us through some of these struggles and trials to grow us. So removing the burden from them can actually uh, have a, a negative effect at times. Um, so we want to be helping. We, we want to be helpful. And I'm not saying like, oh, well, I'm only going to do 60% of this because you need to carry the burden. No, we need to be helping. It's like coming up alongside and putting a shoulder underneath whatever the burden is with them and we carry it together. Um, we need to be involved in others' lives and, and helping, uh, do, bearing those burdens. So, so one is how, how do we recognize that they have a burden? Well, it goes back to a lot of these other things. Are we involved in each other's lives? Are we truly fellowshipping? Okay, um, Ephesians 4.25 and 5.19 So don't lie to one another and sing to each other. Let's, I want to I see that happening more often in this church. Singing to one another, right? Um, 
So besides the obvious lying is a sin, so don't do it. What does, if from that Ephesians 4.25 passage, if we went to Ephesians 4.25 and 26, oh, and even 27, um, what is the, so that's typically where we do the put off and put on. So the put off is stop lying. What are we to put on? Telling the truth, speaking truthfully to one another. Okay, so it's don't lie, speak truthfully to one another. Why? Why do we do that? If you look in that, um, in that Ephesians 4, it says because we're members of one body. Why is that the why? Yeah, causes strife and envy, causes problem upon problem. Yeah, doesn't help. But why, but the, so that's causing problems. What else is it doing? It, it breaks down those relationships, right? It's a poor witness for Christ, right? If we look at, if we are in relationships because God's made us to be in relationships and we look at the Trinity, which is like relationships, what would happen? If the son lied to the father, well, destroy the world, right? <laughs> we wouldn't. Know. It's not going to happen. It would never happen. But it would. It tears those things down. If we look at the picture of a body, if part of our body, one part is lying to the other part, it's telling it to do something that it shouldn't be doing. The hand is trying to act like the foot. Well, the body doesn't work right. And that's if we are the body of Christ, we need to operate properly. Oh. Um, Ephesians 4.32, we're going to run out of time here. We're not going to be able to get through all of these. So. Okay. I'm going to combine those two. Be kind and forgive one another because the next verse is Ephesians 4.32 again uh, on there. So why is there being kind and forgiving? Why would those be in the same sentence? Yeah. Not genuine kindness. You're exactly right. You can fake it, but it's not kindness, and it, it comes across, it's pretty clear, Right. If we are unforgiving, we can't be kind. That's, you're exactly right on that. Why do we forgive? Because we've been forgiven. Do we have an, uh, an option to not forgive? No. No. So, um, I can go through these. We are not going to have enough time. So we should be in submission to one another. So submit to one another. There's a lot of things we could discuss about these things. Bear with one another. This is an understanding. We are not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. So if I'm bearing with you, I'm going to understand that um, I'm going to have expectations that you don't meet, and I'm not going to meet your expectations sometimes. Um, If I want you to meet my expectations um, and you don't, uh, the next step, what I do in response to that is going to show whether I am walking with Christ in the right way or the wrong way um, there. So, T.
teach and admonish one another. Uh, last week I talked about that admonishment um, in uh, Webster's Dictionary. It talked about like it's a correction, but it says to do it gently. Um, so uh, oftentimes I hear that admonish and I think of like, the teachers, certain teachers I had in school where I, I did not like to be admonished. That was something because I knew I was going to be embarrassed and it was going to hurt my feelings. And that's not the way we should be correcting somebody to do that. Increase and abound in love for one another. So love one another in a real, true, right love, but keep doing it more and more and more. We are to comfort one another. Comforting, praying, asking good questions, coming alongside somebody, sometimes it's just listening. Um, I've found that out being married that sometimes my wife just wants me to uh, listen to what the, where, where the struggle is at and not trying to fix the problem in that time. Um, and other times we need to be helping somebody. So encourage and build one another up. Um, so Ephesians 4.29, what kind of words are we using? Is it encouraging? Is it building them up or is it tearing them down? We're to be at peace with one another. I need to be seeking the good of somebody else. Pray for one another. Each time, I've, I've really tried to grow in this because um, there were a number of times I would talk with somebody at church or uh, somewhere and they'd say, hey, pray, pray for me. I said, okay, I'll pray for you. And then a week or two later, I'd get back together and they'd say, oh, thank you so much for praying for me. Here's what God did. And I was so embarrassed inside because I was like, I didn't, I didn't pray for you. I said I would. I forgot. You know, I didn't write it down, whatever it may be. So I've really tried, um, and not always, because sometimes I do write it down and pray another time. But if someone asks me that, I, oftentimes I'll do it right then. You know, they, hey, will you pray for me? Like, well, let's do it right now. Why wait? You know, uh, sometimes it doesn't work. It's not, it doesn't always work that way. But I, but I try to do that, or I write it down and I follow up. Um, that's a big that's a big thing. Stir one another up. And that doesn't mean stir the pot. Uh, don't, don't stir the pot. This is trying to encourage. Let's, let's get people going in the right direction. How do we do that? How do we encourage and move it going? Get it all stirred up. Don't speak against, do not speak against one another. The same thing as grumbling against one another. It's not the same thing, but it's a similar, right? Putting people down, um, having those um, oh, you know, so-and-so did this. I wouldn't have done it that way. They, and we see why that happened. We don't want to do that, right? We don't want to speak out against somebody. Confess to one another. This is tough for people. We do not want people to know that we sin. I don't like it when people know my specific sins. But we're called to confess to one another so we can help one another. How can we build one another up and help each other if we, if we don't know exactly where our struggles are? Be hospitable to one another. There's all kinds of ways we can be hospitable. Um, we can serve one another. We're getting there. Being humble toward one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I'd like to see people kissing each other as they walk in the front door. It starts at night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is one of those things that says to do that. And I'm like, well, it says a holy kiss. Maybe the holy kiss is different than, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, what is it? An air kiss. <laughs> yeah, an air kiss. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, 
In, in other countries, they do this, you know, and it's, uh, anyway. Have fellowship with one another. Now, this is, we have fellowship opportunities in our church. We're going to have one for our Thanksgiving service. We have fellowship nights. We get together for fellowship. Um, fellowshipping with one another is, is uh, making sure that we are not just spending, food is always involved, or seems to be always involved. It's not just having a meal together. That's a big help, or a bi- not a big help. Uh, it is a, it's a nice thing to do, but when we are fellowshipping, we're, we're truly getting to know one another on a, a, a different level. So we do a lot of these one anothering when we're fellowshipping. A lot of overlap with these things. So...